Hi, everybody. It's great to be back this Thursday morning uh, with another recap of last night's episode. I thought that this episode was, I think, one of the best of the season so far. I know that's kind of saying a lot since we've only had three, so we don't really know what else is going to happen. But there was a lot of drama that I didn't really expect, and I don't think really anybody expected. So I'm just going to jump right into it. Um, Coming back from the second episode, obviously Joseph went home. Kyle beat him, and now Kyle has his gold skull, so now he's eligible to run the final. It'll be interesting to see if he actually gets there. I think he will. But I know that especially Cam is going to keep him in check to make sure that he doesn't act a fool or do something stupid to like jeopardize their team. Because as per the last episode, now they're partners, which I think was a smart move on his part. But I feel sorry for Cam because Kyle tends to kind of go off a lot and pop off. And Cam is definitely not that type to really let her emotions get the best of her whereas Kyle is like the exact opposite they're kind of like fire and ice so I think that dynamic is going to be really interesting uh we also got Nani and Josh who were apparently best friends I wouldn't have been able to tell like would you but I think it kind of fits because they seem like similar people kind of emotional maybe not like the best at what they do but they enjoy doing it um, kind of getting into drama a lot. So I think that they are good best friends. But it'll be interesting to see that if working together as best friends will actually be good for them. And then you have Big T and CT. I was really excited to see them. Um, CT is super excited to have her as a partner. And they're kind of like fire and ice too. Because CT's kind of like the physical threat. Whereas Big T's like the nice one that can kind of keep people's emotions in check and be able to talk to partners and make sure that they don't do anything stupid. So it's kind of like Kyle and Cam, but at the same time, kind of not like them. Because Big T is not as big of a physical threat as Cam, but everybody likes Big T. And I think that'll be good for CT because he's definitely a threat. He's a three-time champ. And I think he and Durrell are the only ones who have won more than twice out of everybody who's there. So they're definitely going to have a target on their back. But having Big T on your team just seems like a blessing. I would love to have her as a partner, honestly. She's funny. She has a good read on what's going on. And she knows that she might not be the best, but she's always willing to put in more effort. So the episode starts with Kyle talking to... I think it was Wes and Fessy, and then there was another person in the room. Now I don't remember who it was. But basically, Fessy revealed that he knows about the secret vote. Like, the one about where people vote in secret, but then the double agents or the winners of the challenge actually figure out who votes for who. And he told everybody about that. And so people kind of are probably not going to trust him. And I'm thinking to myself, why did you say anything? Because you could have kept that a secret until somebody else found out, which luckily one of his alliance members was the next to find out. But we'll kind of go into that a little bit later. Um, but if if not, then it would have been kind of awkward. And so I think it was good that he was honest, but at the same time it was bad. Because he would have gotten caught anyway, but it just seemed like 
a bad move to kind of show his hand like that and be like, oh, well, now we know. He could have just said, hey, Kyle, I voted you in because I had a bad feeling. Because people aren't really going to question that. But if you say, yeah, I voted you in because I know that you're a liar, people are going to question that. So, of course, Kyle goes off and he says that he's going to work with Les from now on. And he doesn't like Fessy or Corey or Nelson, the Young Bucks. Um, I think it's kind of weird that they're still called the Young Bucks because Fessy's not technically a Young Buck. I think Hunter is the one that takes his place. But it's kind of like two-thirds of the Young Bucks. I don't know. I don't care about the Alliance name. But Kyle going off was kind of interesting. I didn't really think that he was capable of that. Like, capable of really hating somebody like that and just really being able to stand up for himself. Because most of the time when he does it, people are just like, oh, you know, he's just looking for drama. But I kind of understand why he was upset. But it makes sense now that he knows about the secret vote, that he knows that he lied. And obviously he's not going to tell the truth, but he could have maybe just been like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. I think that it was a lose-lose situation for him, and good for him going in to get the gold skull. I don't think he's going to last. I don't really know, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, He's going off, and he's getting upset, and then Cam comes into the room, and she basically tells him, like, hey, you know, that's not what we're going to do. Like, you picked me as a partner. You're not going to act like that. So she puts him in his place, which is amazing. Imagine not liking Cam under any circumstance. She knows how to put people in their place. She knows how to get what she wants. And she's a good competitor, too. She's basically everything that you would want in a potential face of the challenge. And I don't blame her. Like, Kyle kind of acts a fool a lot. So it's interesting to see somebody who's actually going to stand up to him. Because I don't think Nani would have done that. I think she probably just would have let it happen and tried to... It's like, oh, well, he's just upset. You know, like, Cam, Cam's not into all that, and I respect her a lot for that. Okay, so after the night's drama, we basically jump right into the challenge, which I think it's good that they started the challenge right away, because it kind of took a while. Um, right away, I knew that the challenge was going to be pretty dangerous, because it was called Roadkill, and it's basically a wrestling match where... You go up against another team, and in order to win, both of the people from your team have to wrestle the other person off. So, let's say that if, like, I don't know, Kara and Bananas were competing, which neither of them are on this season, but I'm just going to use them as an example, and Kara wrestles her person off, but then Bananas doesn't wrestle his person off, they don't win. That doesn't count. So, it's I like that they added that extra factor, because it really narrows down the winners. I just wonder what they would do if one team didn't wrestle both, or no team wrestled both of their people off. Like, would it just be, like, null and void? Would they just pick the best time? I don't know. But I liked this challenge. Um, But again, dangerous because TJ said that there's going to be no harnesses. So if you fall off, you're probably dead. You're probably going to end up with a lot of injuries. Um, luckily the net was kind of enclosed, so I didn't think that anybody was going to get hurt, but people still did end up getting hurt. Um, the first matchup, which was between Devin and Nicole and Kyle and Cam, Nicole ended up dislocating her shoulder. She was wrestling with Cam and then she was like, stop, like my, my, um, arm hurts or whatever. And 
her shoulders popped out and you could see like her bone. You could just see that it didn't look normal. And I'm just thinking to myself, is Nicole like accident prone or something? I know that she's a firefighter, but um the second season she did, she went home in the final cuz she hurt her ankle and then now she dislocated her shoulder. Why are you fighter fighter? Maybe you should be like an office manager or something or maybe um an EMT or I don't know, own a business, but I think that she really should be careful about doing those physical jobs. And the one thing I don't understand about when people get hurt is other people are like, oh, I want to touch it. I want to see if it actually hurts. First of all, you touching it is not going to change the fact that it hurts. It's probably going to make it worse, and it's not like you're going to be able to fix it. Like, I think it was Devin went to immediately touch it. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, don't touch. If somebody tried to touch my injury, I would be like, no, go away. Because that's going to hurt a lot more than it does now. I think maybe he just didn't believe her or something. But, I mean, she looked like she was in genuine pain. Obviously, she wants to get back into the game. But sometimes, realistically, that's not going to happen. There's, It's very rare that you can get pulled from the game. Unless you either get into a fight, you quit, or you get hurt. Obviously, there's really no other reason to eject somebody, so it makes sense that Nicole would probably get pulled again because of her shoulder. A little later into the challenge, Tori and Corey are wrestling Liv and Amici, and the surprising thing about this matchup to me was that Michi actually won. He wrestled Corey off and they both ended up falling, but Michi's foot or something ended up touching the platform last. And I'm like, wow, like a rookie actually beat Corey. I mean, not by much, but maybe it was just luck, but I don't think Michi's there to play. I think he's actually there to win and to compete and I think he shows that he's not afraid to do these things that he maybe thought that he wasn't able to do. Um, On the other side, Tori ends up winning the heat between her and Liv. And then Liv ends up also hurting her shoulder or hurting her elbow. So that's two injuries and one challenge where there's no harness and you could get really hurt. So it really makes me think that maybe they're not really testing the challenges and trying to see how safe they are. Because that can't be very safe if two people are getting hurt. I'm sure that if they are tested, people don't get hurt. Or maybe it's just, like, freak accidents or something. But, I mean, that's really a lot to think about. So maybe they'll be careful to not include harnesses. Or rather, to include harnesses and to not leave harnesses out, is what I meant to say. Um... Tori kind of had a bad take about the whole injury thing, like hurting Liv, because she said that she felt bad, and then as Liv is going away in the ambulance, Tori's like, yeah, I don't actually feel that bad, let's be real, and that really made my blood boil, because how are you not going to feel bad about hurting somebody? I get that it's a game for money, but if that was you, you would expect everybody to feel bad, and you didn't really hear any people saying like oh poor Liv or poor Nicole I feel like a lot of people just didn't really care but I mean honestly that's just kind of how Tori is like she doesn't really feel bad about her actions um 
we would call that opportunist because she takes opportunities not really thinking about the consequences and maybe she didn't think that it was going to be that bad maybe she just didn't really feel bad like maybe she thought that it wouldn't be a big deal but if that's me I'm like oh yeah maybe I should feel a little bit bad because I could have just taken this person out of the game so at the end of the challenge, we find out that only three teams were able to successfully wrestle off their opponents. And the winner of the challenge ends up being Casey and Leroy, which was definitely surprising to me. I was happy because it was Leroy, but I was also upset because it was Casey. The thing with Casey is that she doesn't really want to rock the boat. She doesn't give any information away. She doesn't really make big moves, and she kind of acts like furniture in a game where you really should be doing big things in order to secure yourself the win or really trying to test the waters in order to get yourself further. I think she plays a pretty conservative game, which is good for a little while until people try to get you out because they think that you're a goat or something or they think that you don't deserve to be there. Um, She acts like she's not a goat based on how many times she's referenced that she plays women's tackle football but I think that she really needs a new change in her game because she's done that for three seasons now the first season was enough for me to be like wow she's boring she's furniture I mean she won good for her she did something right but that's not the type of gameplay I like I like gameplay like her partner Leroy who's not really afraid to rock the boat I mean he really wants to win this season He said that this is his final season, so it would be great to go out with a win. And I think he has a chance if he's making big moves like this and getting out people who he doesn't want to see in the final. We get back from the challenge and immediately people start to notice that Nicole's stuff is gone. So while they were still at the challenge, she ends up getting pulled from the game. She doesn't get a real goodbye. She doesn't even get to say goodbye to her partner. And... The weird thing about the whole situation is that they're still eligible to go into elimination, which is why it ends up being a guy's elimination, because Devin gets voted in. But if she hadn't left, obviously it probably would have been a girl's. And I wonder what would happen if she had left, but somebody else had gotten voted in. Would it have still been guys, or would it have been girls? But it kind of makes sense to make it guys, because... Now you have two girls that are gone, so now you need two guys gone to kind of even it out. During the previews for last episode, we saw that CT and Josh get into a fight, and the reason for the fight is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So Casey is making a microwave pizza on the stove, and CT can't use the stove for his egg quesadilla that he wants to make, and... Josh hears him fighting. He's like, you know, I don't want to get involved. But then he ends up getting involved anyway. He tells CT, like, oh, Casey's crying because you hurt her feelings. And then CT comes back in and he's like, oh, Casey, are you crying? She's like, no, I was just kind of upset. So Josh lied and then basically tried to cover his butt about it, which I feel like he always tries to do. And then you get, like, this bad girls club montage where he's yelling at CT for whatever reason, just, it just feels completely ridiculous to me. He always gets involved in things that don't concern him. I get that it's his friend, but it's a fight that you weren't part of, and he could have just left it be. 
Because knowing him, he might do something ridiculous, like try to fight somebody and then end up getting kicked off. And then he would feel bad about getting involved. But I think that's the thing with Josh, is that he craves the attention. And he craves those moments where he can say, like, oh, hey, like, this doesn't involve me, but I'm still going to be part of it because I want to cause drama. And CT's just not having any of it. He gets mad, starts yelling at Josh, and then Big T's trying to calm CT down. Um, he ends up getting calmed down, which where probably 10, 15 years ago, he probably would have punched Josh and gotten kicked off. So it's interesting to see his character development. Because CT's not the same person he used to be. Like, he has a kid now. And it's almost like Josh is becoming, like, a CT in terms of yelling at people and antagonizing them all the time. I don't know if he would ever punch somebody, but he could get to that point if he gets really upset. But he bugs me because he always gets involved in things that don't concern him. And later, Devin says that Big Brother sucks, which really hurts Josh's feelings, gets him really hot under the collar, and it makes me think, like, he's not actually used to people having a different opinion, and he doesn't like haters. Um, I know people who I follow on Twitter who have gotten blocked from him by saying things. I've actually, I'm actually blocked by Josh on Twitter, and I don't remember what I said. I think I just retweeted something during the time of season 35, and I'm still blocked. But honestly, that's fine, because that's kind of a reflection on him. If you're not used to people having a different opinion, maybe you shouldn't be on a show like this, because people are going to try to antagonize you all the time. And I'm not saying that I don't think he's not cut out for it. I'm saying that he's a good drama factor, and I think that's why he keeps getting cast. Because you want people who bring the drama. You want people who others are going to love to hate. Because I kind of love to hate Josh. Um, He thinks that other people are layups when he has yet to win a single elimination. So it's kind of funny, his delusion. And I think if he does a couple more seasons and focuses more on his physical self, instead of getting in fights all the time and causing drama, he could be a good competitor. He really could. I don't really know what his life is like personally, but I would like to see him try more to maybe stay out of the drama a little bit, be a little bit more mature, and focus more on winning challenges. Because that's the type of person I like to see. I don't like to see the drama starters. I like to see the people who are actually there to be a good competitor and not get in fights all the time. Because this isn't Bad Girls Club. This isn't Real Housewives. This is the challenge. And you're meant to be there if you're a good physical player. But they need to stop bringing people who cause drama all the time. So that's just my opinion. I think he could definitely work on that. Who knows if he ever will. Maybe he's good with being the drama starter. But I know that he would have a lot more respect if he was more low-key. During deliberation, obviously Nicole isn't there. I don't think Liv was there, so there's people who are missing. And Devin really isn't sure what his fate is in the game. But he decides to try to get Corey and Tori to go in. Because he thinks that Tori is still bitter about Are You The One Second Chances. Because he won and she lost. I don't know what her placement was, but 
obviously, in his opinion, she's still upset by that. So he's trying to get them in, try to get them to go out. Which makes sense, because Corey and Devin were partners on Final Reckoning. Corey sent Devin to home through the first purge, and then Devin didn't get to come back. So, it makes sense that they wouldn't still like each other. But Josh is actually the one who brings up an interesting point. You should play your game and not try to do dirty work for somebody else. Which, going back to the former episode, it's kind of funny coming from Devin telling other people to do his dirty work when he was essentially making fun of Joseph for wanting to do the same thing. I'm honestly baffled with Devin's obsession with Joseph. He said last night on Instagram Live that Joseph is a top three worst competitor of the challenge. First of all, he's done two episodes, so he can't be one of the worst competitors. I think one of the worst competitors has to be somebody who's done multiple episodes, hasn't won, and has like a really bad elimination record. Yes, Danny, I'm talking about you. So if you see this, don't get offended. Um, but Joseph is far from the worst competitor. Yeah, he lost and he went home early, but with that same logic, then Asaf and Jen from last season are also the worst competitors because they only did one challenge and they lost. So I think that Joseph needs more of a chance and more respect from Devin because Devin was even talking about him in elimination. Oh, Kyle, you know, won the elimination and I'm not Joseph. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Why does Joseph matter in this situation? So, I don't know. I think Devin just has deep-seated hatred for people, but he doesn't really understand why. Like, I thought it was funny that he was antagonizing Josh, but at the same time, I didn't really get it. Because that was kind of him trying to insert himself in something that didn't concern him either. So, if I was Josh, I would also be pretty upset. So we get to elimination, and we find out that Devin was voted in by the house. Well, technically, Nicole and Devin. But Nicole's not there, so it's Devin, therefore making it a male elimination. So I was going to be interested to see if TJ was like, oh, well, yeah, that's actually not going to work out because it's females. But again, like I mentioned, two females are already gone, so now they need to even it out. I think it's... Would have been interesting if Devin had gotten a free pass because, I mean, CT got a free pass because his partner was gone. So that's kind of a weird disconnect for me. But at the same time, I'm glad that Devin got voted in because he really aggravated a lot of people by basically doing nothing. Or basically just saying, hey, Big Brother sucks. What's nine times eight? And kind of antagonizing Josh, therefore causing Josh to be like, oh, well, you should vote Devin in because I'm going to vote him in every single time until he goes home. So that's going to be a new, very interesting rivalry. But in elimination, friends end up going against each other because Leroy and Casey have tried to make a deal with Wes, but then end up deciding not to go with the deal and they vote Wes and Natalie in. Therefore making Wes go into the elimination against his friend Devin. And he's kind of complaining about it. Acting like going against friends is super rare. When the young bucks have done it a lot. And I mean Veronica and Denisa were friends and they had to go up against each other. Jenna and Kayla. It's not that rare. Like people do it a lot more than you might think. 
it's definitely not an all the time circumstance, but it's also not something that comes once every decade. And he seems shaken up by it, which I respect that he's hurt by it, but at the same time, it is a game. And you would probably do the same thing to other people. I don't know. Looking at Wes, it just kind of seems like he needs a break from the game. Because when you watch him in this elimination, it kind of seems like he gives it to Devin. Because he realizes that Devin wants it more than him. Or, I don't think he said that he wants it more than him. But he just said he wants this really badly. And so he ends up giving Devin the win. Which, Wes could have easily won that. And that's what he says a little bit after. He's like, oh yeah, I could have easily won. But at the same time, he threw it. So, what is it? Did you want to win? Did you not want to win? Like, make a decision. I think it's kind of time for him to take a break. Either a pretty long break or maybe even retire. Because it just seems like his heart isn't in this game anymore. Because the old West would never throw something for a friend. And it shows that he's a good person. I mean, it shows that he doesn't really need to be there. I think he just comes for the challenge. Like, he obviously doesn't need the money. He said that he's rich. But, I mean, yeah, if you don't really need it, then why do you keep coming back? I get kind of tired of seeing the same people all the time. And I think the only reason why I'm good with seeing CT is that he knows that he's a changed man. And he actually has a good reason for being there. Like, he wants to provide for his son. I mean, I like seeing Kara because she has good reason for being there, too. She wants to be able to prove herself because there's people who still think that she's not a good competitor. Leroy hasn't won. Nani hasn't won. Anissa hasn't won. But I think after a while, they might need to retire, too. I think that if you get past, like, ten challenges, that might be it for you. And if you don't win, you need to just tame it up anyway. Because some people, it's just not meant for them to win. I know that for Paula, I think she won her eighth eighth season, which is different because it's not quite ten. It's still a lot, but it's not quite too much. For me, ten is way too much. That's why Bananas needs to retire, Wes needs to retire, his heart's not in anymore. And I think that CT might need to retire soon as well. But the best example of somebody who needs to retire is definitely Wes. Because... You would have to be an idiot to say that his heart was in it. I think that he just wanted to go home. I think he just comes for the appearance check now. And it's kind of ridiculous. We could get new people or people who haven't been on in a while that really want to be able to be there and compete. I mean, like, Teresa is a good example. Darrell, they came back after taking a break. And I was glad to see them back. But then you have people like CT and Wes who are also back. So it's kind of like, what are you prioritizing? Are you prioritizing people who haven't been there in a long time? Or people who have kept coming back but seem to have good reasons for doing so? Since Devin won the elimination, he is now 4-1 in elimination. Which is crazy. And I think that people are wrong to call him a layup. Obviously, I don't like Devin, as you could tell by my recap. But, um... I mean, he's far from a layup, because I think that he has potential to get far. I mean, in Rivals 3, it was basically luck, but he did still complete the final, he did still get third place, and he's gotten relatively far on most of his seasons. 
he said that he embarrassed himself during Final Reckoning, which I don't think is completely true. I think Corey was the embarrassing one in that matchup. Um, so I think Devin does need to give himself a little bit more credit, but at the same time, he needs to give himself actual warranted credit. He can't say that he's the best in puzzles because he beat bananas in something that a toddler could probably do. And this elimination was given to him. But at the same time, it's naive to call Devin a layup. He's also pretty good at, like, the politics and the social game, as you can tell. Because he has the option to infiltrate, and he decides to take Tori as his partner. Which is actually pretty smart, because next elimination is going to be female, so it looks like it's going to be Hall Brawl. And if Tori's in there, she might lose. Which, he could get a target out of the game, and then he can be safe for the next elimination, which will probably be male. Um, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of females going home, so I would honestly be surprised if it was a female elimination next time. Because I don't know how long Liv is going to last. And I've, I mean, I've heard rumors about this season, which I don't know that are true. But it seems like a lot of females are going to be going home. So maybe they'll throw Tori a bone. But I don't know what's going to happen. I know that Devin and Tori are going to be targets now. And I think that Corey and Natalie, who are new partners, maybe will be able to fly under the radar a little bit. Because, I mean, Natalie's still a rookie. Obviously, she is a survivor champ and she already has her gold skull. But I think people will wait to go after her. So again, we're going to have some interesting new pairings. And I'll be shocked to see what happens next week if somebody else decides to infiltrate and what's going to happen with that. I honestly don't remember a lot from the recap of the next episode. I think that Jay was yelling at Josh or something. Okay, Jay, you dropped your crown like you're a cane. We get it. Um, I love Jay, as you can probably tell. I mean first u.s survivor representative he's such an awesome person and he's he's not afraid to go up against josh which is funny that i make fun of devin for not being afraid but i idolize jay for not being afraid but i just like jay more he tells it like it is so it'll be interesting to see somebody like him who feels so low-key and so chill actually getting mad at somebody and acting like a big tough guy against them so I'll be excited to recap that. Um, until next week, again, I appreciate all the support. I'm probably going to say that every episode, so if you don't want to hear it, you can just cut it off right about now. But it really means a lot, and I'm excited to be back next week. I hope you all have a good holiday. If you celebrate, I hope you all have a good New Year's Eve. Oh, New Year's Eve is on Thursday. Okay, well, I hope you have a good start to your New Year's Eve when I talk to you again. Have a great week, and I'll see you guys next Thursday.